Welcome back to No One Understands. I'm your host and two-time cancer survivor, Colleen McGrath. Today's episode is Camp Part One. That's right, camp had to come to you in two parts to share the absolute magic of camp with you. Today, we will be joined by Fiona Campbell, who is a cancer survivor and one of our campers. We will also be joined by Jeff Infusino, the president of Camp One Step. Jeff is a pivotal person in driving change and growth in our organization. Couldn't think of a better way to learn about camp from a camper. So let's welcome our first guest, Fiona Campbell. My name is Fiona Campbell and I am 18 and I am going to Carthage College. My day-to-day life is really just being at home with my sister, kind of reading and just hanging out with my family and friends, which is super exciting. I got the Chicago Bears Colin Ware Scholarship, which is a scholarship that that is given to kids with brain tumors or cancer. And I applied for it and I totally forgot about it. So it was like a really big surprise when I ended up getting it. That's incredible. Thank you. I remember one day like checking in on our Twitter account and all of a sudden I was like, that's Fiona. Why are people talking about Fiona? Tell me everything. Um, So that's super exciting. I hope you're really proud of that. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. I am. I was so shocked when it happened too. Wow. Well, you obviously shared a little bit about what the scholarship is about, but I would love if you don't mind um, for you to tell me a little bit about your personal experience with cancer. Yes, I have a genetic disorder and I was born with it. It's called neurofibromatosis. And my doctors discovered it at eight months old. And then they were just like explaining like what it means, which neurofibromatosis is I'm missing a certain gene, the tumor fighting gene. And then when I was 18 months old during an MRI, they found two brain tumors on my optic nerves. And then I had to go on my treatment. And I think I was on treatment for a year, a year and a half. And then I did all that when I was younger. Like, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew I had to go to the hospital a lot. And I was like, why am I getting so many, like, pokes and, like, shots and stuff? But I didn't understand it. And then fast forward to when I was 10 years old, I had to go back on treatment because I found another brain tumor on my water spaces. And that treatment... I didn't understand it still. I was still like, what's going on? I just remember being like considered like sick. Like I felt really different at school. If like explaining like going all through that at such a young age, I just felt really like almost like isolated. And then once that tumor was stable, when I was 13, it showed progression. So I had to go back on to treatment one more time. And that's when I really understood like what I was going through. I was like, it almost like that moment, like, oh my gosh, like, I've been through all of this and it it got really hard because I missed so much school and I never really was, I was always like, oh my gosh, like I have like no friends, mom, like like, what's going on and all that. So like that was really hard to go through, but that was like kind of like my journey. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's a lot. I didn't realize how much of your life has been diagnoses and scans and treatment and that's a lot. I'm sure you feel like it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm just so like used to it. So like maybe like to a lot of people it's always like, oh my goodness. Like you go through that, but to me it's like it's nothing new. Like it's just always like stuff I go through. I feel like I'm just like almost like a I call myself a pro. I'm like a pro at this stuff. It's a tough thing to be a pro at. Yeah. So, do you still have them or do you like monitor them or did the or did the chemo? I still have them, all of them, and but I get MRIs every well, now it's every year because everything has been so stable, knock on wood. So now every once a year I go 
and get a scan of my brain and my spine because I had some tumors on my back that I had removed and, and, and in my stomach I had removed. So I get um, MRIs of my brain and my spine every once a year. Holy cow, Fiona, that's a lot. I know, I forgot to say that. No, it's okay. So because you're missing this tumor-fighting gene, you have had some experiences with tumors you've had to have removed or tumors that are stable now, and then the MRIs you have. They um, scan them. Right, helps kind of keep track and making sure if they're really stable, you might get to go longer without an MRI, or if there's any change, it might change what your protocols are. Yeah, like my last one was in September, of last year now this one's coming up in september it's been so long and it's like so weird because normally i would have already had my mri sure how do you feel between mris i feel really good because i always get that call from my doctor they're like they're stable like yay and then i i feel a breath of relief but when i get to that appointment i always get super anxious like i get a huge lump in my throat and even like yesterday like we were driving down to chicago not even going to the hospital and i was like mom i'm getting anxious and i'm like we're not even going to the hospital and she's like oh my goodness because there's always like a building we pass like on the highway where i'm like okay we're pretty close yeah trust me i understand that there are so many it's so bad but like there are appointments like i don't want to go to and i feel like i try to avoid and things like that because i realized there are certain things at the hospital where like all of a sudden I almost feel like I'm going to panic. I feel kind of nauseous and like you just feel like the wave of cancer stuff coming back at you. Right. And you're like, yeah. I want out of here. <laughs> like get me out. And when you're yeah. done with the appointment, it's like a breath of like, okay, like that was it. Like we're all done. Right. Obviously you were really young the first time that you had a tumor, right? I was 18 months when they found the two tumors. 18 months. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the first time Camp One Step was mentioned to you or when the first time like you kind of thought that this is my, something you might be doing in your future? I was um nine when I first heard about camp, I'm pretty sure. And because Daryl used to be my nurse, he saw my mom for the first time in like forever. And he was like, well, have you ever heard of Camp One Step? And my mom was like, no and she's like well he's like let me tell you about camp and then that's when the first time when I was nine he told me about it and oh, I'm so happy that he told me about camp that's awesome so you remember having someone in the hospital tell you all about camp and you felt excited about it he wasn't my nurse when he told me but my mom saw him like randomly okay. and he was like like have you heard about this camp like I think Fiona would like love it because that's when I was on chemo the second time when you heard about it, did you feel excited? Like, what were your thoughts about going away to a sleepaway camp for cancer patients and survivors? Well, since I was like so young, I didn't really know what it meant. Like, I was like, okay, okay. like I'm just, I'm just going to a camp for two. We I went two weeks my first time. I was like, okay, I'm going to camp, and my mom was trying to explain it to me, but like I didn't understand that everyone there had cancer. I had my final chemo treatment there. Oh, awesome. It was like so nerve wracking because I was telling my mom, I was like, I'm so embarrassed. Like no one there, like, because I didn't know. I really didn't know. I was like, no one there goes through this mom. Like my port's going to be out when I have my swimsuit, like all this different stuff. And then the nurse who accessed me was my nurse at the hospital one time. And she was like, like, you're going to do, you're going to be fine. Like, trust me, like we'll do all your stuff that you do normally before your appointment. And then I was like, a, like a moment kind of hit me. I was like, oh my goodness. Like everyone here kind of goes through what I go through. Like everyone there goes through what I went through. 
Right. And then I got my final treatment and then I was like, okay, I was like, can we call my mom? And then we called my mom and then I was like on camp mode. I was like, I love this place, mom. Like, don't come get me. Like, don't not come get me. Like, stay home. Like, I'll stay here forever. Oh, Fiona, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So you had your last chemo at camp. You were nine, you said? Yeah, my final treatment for that, like, run of my second time of being on chemo. I think the moment it really stuck with me, too, was when I left. Because when I saw my parents and then all my my friends that I made there, we were all, like, crying because we were all leaving. Like, there's a picture of me, like, hugging my my dad crying, my, like, hugging everyone because it was just, like, that aha moment. I always say that. Like, it was, like, an aha moment. Like, there's kids out there, like, like me, and we all just get each other. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> yeah. I had, like, an aha moment, too. I knew I, I didn't want to go. I got there. I knew I was having a blast and, like, didn't want my dad to come pick me up because I think he thought, I was so miserable going that there was no way I was going to stay for seven days. You know, he's like, I'm going to have to pick this girl up. He picked me up and he started crying because he was like, I got my little girl back. Like, I think it was, I think a lot of our parents have this experience where like your kid looks so happy and energized and like excited about something that I think a lot of times it's the kid they knew before the chemo. Yeah. Okay, so you're nine. You go to two weeks of summer camp because you said you were there for two weeks and that's our only program we do for that amount of time, right? So summer camp was your first program? Yeah. At first, my mom was like, you can go for a week. And I was like, you know what? Like, let, let me go for two weeks. Like, why not? Like, let's try it out. That's awesome. I was telling my mom, I was like, I was like, everyone there just gets me. Like, I don't, because like, I always used to feel like I was like kind of invisible at school. Cause I just felt different than I, I different than everyone, and I just had no, not really many any friends. And then at camp, I was like, Mom, I was like, I have so many friends like me there. Like everyone gets me. Like I don't have to explain to anybody what I've been through, cause everyone there is just like, Yep, been through it, done that. So you just get to be Fiona, right? Yeah, like I don't have to be like different. Like I'm just there, and I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, you make my heart so happy. <laughs> Tell me about your camp friendships. Can you tell me a little bit about them? I I love all my friends that I've met from camp because it's not like I don't feel like an outsider with my camp friends. I feel like we all just get each other. Like we all like, re- like when we reach out with each other, it's the best like conversations we have. We talk about camp memories all the time. Like I get so excited when because a lot of them we all live like in our different like directions like some live in wisconsin are like closer than others and then when we see each other in july during like a different camps it's the best thing ever i get so excited i'm telling my parents i'm like i'm so excited i'm like camp is so soon like i'm so ready to see all my friends like i'm so excited it's like the best feeling to see them i love that i've always felt like camp friendships feel a little like it's like time hasn't passed like you always pick up right where you were with those friendships right yeah I I I I really can I can consider everyone from camp like my second family. Like camp is my is my second family. Oh, I feel the same way. What do you think makes the friendships you have with people at camp unique to the friendships you might make in school or your hometown or whatever? I think it's different because at camp, as I said, like everyone just understands what you've been through. Like they don't say like, oh my God, like I'm so sorry you went through all that because everyone there has been through very similar, if not the same thing. At school, like everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you went through that. Like, 
are you okay? Like, blah, 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 like all these different things. It's like almost like no one understands at school, but then everyone understands at summer camp. Oh, that's incredible. But you're right. That's what it feels like. You get plucked from being the only one, right? And then you just get to be you because you don't have to explain the cancer stuff or being a cancer survivor. And then you just get to be like your authentic self, right? Like, like obviously, like at camp, we we always had like those conversations of asking everyone like what they've had and like what they've been through, but everyone there is like, oh, yep, like I was on I was on that chemo, or yeah, I had that doctor, or I had that blah blah blah. It's a very relaxed conversation, though, right? Like it's not serious yeah. as it might be if you had that conversation in your high school with someone. You've mentioned that you've been to other programs besides summer camp. Can you tell yes. me some of the other programs Camp One Step offers that you've attended? I've been to Dude Ranch and Winter Camp, and then I did the Utah ski trip virtually. That's awesome. Yes. Tell us about the Dude Ranch program a little bit. Well, I went when I was a little bit younger, like when we first were, I think the first age that's allowed to go. So when I first went, I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm so excited to ride horses. Like, like I love animals and um, I just remember going through school. So I got to miss a little bit of school and like do my homework at camp. And it was just super fun, like getting up super early in the morning to ride your horse to breakfast. I loved that so much. And everyone at Dude Ranch is so sweet. I have all like the people who help you ride the horses are so sweet and just so nice. I always think it's cool. Like beyond this like community you get, you also get a ton of new adventures, experiences that you might not have had, right? Yeah, like I never thought I would ever ride a horse in my life. Like I always like seen horses, but I never thought that I would like get on one and ride it and like end up like trotting with the horse. I never thought that I would do that ever, but I did it. I loved it. Oh, Fiona, that's great. What would you tell a family that's thinking about camp for the first time? Trust me, your kid is going to have the best time ever. They're going to come home and want to come go to every single camp that that Camp One Step offers. Trust, like, I just want them to trust me. They're going to have the best time ever. I know it's scary to let your kid go to camp for two weeks, but they're going to have the best time ever. It's so true. And I mean, you talked so much about, like, you were able to receive treatment at camp. We all know that. Um, We have an incredible medical team that can, a lot of us, right, end up having medications you have to be on for long periods of time, different stuff. And we have, like you said, nurses and doctors that you're familiar with from your hospital that, you know, make sure that anything that's done at home can be done at camp too, right? Yeah. Like if, like they have a med, medical staff is with each group. Every single group has their own med 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 staff to like help them if you need band-aids, sunscreen, like any little essential. We have a medical building, like Camp One Step knows what they're doing. We know we know what we're doing. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was great. What is Fiona's future at camp look like? I really want to be I'm gonna become a counselor. I'm in the last group and I wanna go. I just want to become a counselor. I want to be able to see kids that like I counsel like grow up and like them be coming to me when they're older being like I love camp so much like I want to be able to see like their faces because I grew up with a couple counselors like I remember having them when I was in standard then seeing them when I was in like when I was older I was like oh my goodness I'm like this is weird I'm like I had you when I was in standard almost like a not like a teacher but kind of like a teacher Mm -hmm. almost but I just I want to be a counselor 
That's awesome. It's it's the best feeling to be a camper and to be able to be a counselor too, right? To be like, I was in your yeah. shoes when it maybe sounded a little new or it might have been a little scary trying new things, um, but you fall in love with it, right? And I know I can't yeah. imagine my life without camp. I know. I, I don't know. Like, I always like think of that. I'm always like, like, what would happen if I never met like my friends from camp? Like I would just be a high school student going through like all my checkups like almost like I feel like if I didn't have camp I feel like I'd be doing it kind of by myself like obviously I have my family who's with me like every step of the way like my family's great but like with camp like I always have those friends who understand me like at school like no one like understands that's awesome that's it's so fun to hear you talk about wanting to be a counselor and how much you love camp but you also look at camp with this really beautiful lens of like you love it so much that you want to make sure other kids get to experience it like you did and I think that's like the greatest testament to what camp is that you love it so much that you want to help make sure it's there for other kids too well Fiona you did an incredible job I am so grateful we had you on um, this episode in particular thank you I'm so happy So Jeff, can I have you introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about you? Sure. First of all, happy to be here and thank you for having me on the episode. My name is Jeff Infusino. I'm the president of Camp One Step. I have been here 11 years, 11 wonderful years, to be honest with you. I have a wife, Sue, my son, uh, Joseph, and daughter, Nikki, um, two wonderful grandsons, Nicholas and Anthony, great son-in-law, Doug, my mom, Angela, and I have a great extended family that's um, not only you know local and we get together a lot, but they're also very involved in camp. So we get to be not only a, an Infusino family, uh, but we get to be a camp family. Oh, that's so well said. I um, I love every time we have like the gala or a different event. Every you know your kids are there, your wife's there, the whole family, um, and your extended family. And I feel like I've met so many of your friends throughout the years, and um, everyone it feels like that loves Jeff also loves camp, which is a really a really cool thing to see. Kind of your worlds merge, right? And how important all those things are to you. I love it. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm pretty fortunate to be have both families camp and my family. So I love that. My heart's full. So you mentioned you've been involved with Camp One Step for 11 years. Can you tell me a little bit about what got you involved with camp? Sure. You know, it's kind of ironic when you talk about getting involved in camp. There was a situation before I joined camp. My um, dad had leukemia and, you know, we were exposed to cancer when I was young and, and our family in general from, you know, more from an adult side. And uh, when my dad was diagnosed, you know, we were looking at this thing saying, you know, what can we do? And this is new when it was an immediate family person like this. So one of the things that, you know, I would be fortunate enough to be able to take him to treatment because I travel a lot, but I was home most of the time when I was able to take him. So we would go and as before they did a lot of mobile bags, you know, when people were sent home with their chemo and he was sitting in a chair and, you know, he'd be surrounded with a lot of young kids. And, you know, I was looking at it just saying, boy, this is, you know, I look at my kids, right? You look at other kids now getting chemotherapy by dad, but, you know, we would leave and, you know, he would, he would walk out angry and I would always say, you know, what's, you know, what's going on. And, and I would think it's because he wasn't feeling well or just because he's just, you know, the, the, it's a journey, right. And, and it's a rough time. 
you know, especially when you're doing chemo, if you're in right in the middle of it, which he was. And, you know, his whole thing was, I'm older, I've been around, I've been through a lot of things, but it's the kids. You know, he says, you got to do something because it's not right for these kids to be sitting there with me having chemo. And at the time I was, you know, in the wireless industry, traveling all over the world and saying, dad, I don't know what to tell you. I'll, I'll do what I can. And lo and behold, and then unfortunately, after my dad passed away about four or five months later, um, I got a call from a board member that asked me if I was interested. And once I heard it was about childhood cancer and trying to help kids feel like kids, I was in. So I joined the board in 2011, March. Uh, and then they came to me just as I was supposed to start, start traveling again and said, would you help us become part of the organization for a little bit to help us kind of get some things in order and all that? I said, sure. You know, I'll be here six months, not a problem. So I took over a president that time in 2012 and six months turned into 10 years and love every minute of it. 10 years turned into 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 11 total. Remember 11 a year on the board yeah. and uh, 10 years here. So it's been... Sure. Yep. It must be cool for you sometimes to like pause and think like that this is something my dad really wanted me to make a difference in and, and that those worlds kind of were able to collide for you to do so. That must be, I don't know. Um, you know, I come from a place where I don't have my dad around. And when you have these little moments where you feel like um, you're doing something that I think was kind of what they hoped for you is really cool, you know? So that must, that must be, you know, nice at times to kind of be like things aligned were, you know, something that would have fulfilled my dad too. Yeah. I mean, you know, we go through life with, you know, different things that we hear people ask us to do different things. And, you know, a lot of the times when it's unknown like that, you had no idea, but being able to do that, not only, you know, kind of fulfill a, an ask from a parent, right? We all go through life as our parents ask us to do things, right? And when you get one, it's says, well, I don't know how to do that. Uh, but most importantly is we were like, or me specifically, it was like a lot of our families that, you know, come to camp for the first time or for parents and, and kids that are listening to this for the first time in this podcast is that we had no idea what Camp One Step was all about. And, you know, being able to do that on a regular basis, you know, is truly a gift and something that, you know, I will always cherish, not only because, you know, I'm doing something that was asked of me, but most importantly, it's something that we need to do because there's a lot of kids out there and families that need us. That's awesome. What do you think your your dad would have thought about camp? Well, it's, you know, when you're talking about my dad talking about camp, he would see it, right? But I'm able to to get that from, you know, my mom. You know, my mom is, you know, saying that your dad would be so happy and so proud and, and to be able to see that, right? Because she knows how much it bothered him too. So, um, you know, she, it's a great thing that she could remind me of that. Um, you know, but when you see it, you know, and you're able to experience it and to see, you know, the joy that families are, are getting or, you know, a child being able to go to camp and, and feel themselves again. You know, seeing it from an adult side is, you know, there's some, a lot of similarities, right? You know, what is it, what is it like when you're going for, you know, my, at that time, my dad was going for his labs, right? And would he have to have chemo again or would be, you know, lengthen out before he had it? And those unknowns and those things that, you know, weren't certain, right? And, and you know, a lot of uncertainty. So being able to help bridge that uncertainty to certainty and bridge that to joy and happiness rather than darkness and isolation is really something that we're, you know, it's truly special. That's awesome. That's really cool. 
I'm such a sap right now, but I think it's so cool to think about your mom and your mom getting to like observe things your dad was going through and processing and change she was hoping for. And then she kind of gets to watch her son work in that space that your dad had a lot of feelings associated with when he was going through treatment. You know, that's got to be really cool for her, especially I'm sure in the beginning when you're like, I got invited to be on this board at Camp One Step. That must have been really fulfilling for her. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, when you look at it and it's the same thing when I talk about extended family, you know, with Sue, my wife or, or my kids and, and my sister-in-law and, and niece and my cousins and everybody being involved and able to have them be a part of changing lives of kids, which they're also working in, on behalf of that request as well. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very special thing. That's really beautiful. That was really well said. Thank you for sharing that with me. I love it. All right. Jeff, can you tell me a little bit about the role you have today with Camp One Step? Yeah, I think that, you know, my role today is to ensure that we are fulfilling the mission that was started 43 years ago, right? The intent at that time was to, you know, get the kids out of the hospital and to bring them into an environment where they can still know that they're being kids. Obviously, we all know from a, when a diagnosis first comes about, it's, it's, um, world changes, right, for, for families and, and for especially the patient. And with that being said is that, you know, we started out saying, no, you're not gonna, just going to see doctors and nurses. You're going to go to a camp. And, you know, that is, you know, my biggest thing here is to make sure we're sustaining that. And, and you know, we've been here for 43 years and how do we keep it another 43 and, and, and then some? Because the need to be that yourself doesn't change when it comes to having cancer or having, you know, being in a family environment and going through this together. And so when I look at my role, it's to ensure that. But most importantly, I can't do it alone. I have an amazing staff who are, their purpose and their passion is is to do the same thing, which is amazing to be in an environment like that. Um, the other piece is that we have a terrific board of directors that's that's always engaged, but most importantly, aligned with the mission and, and passion and purpose. And we have, you know, incredible volunteers that continue to support us year after year, over 400. And, you know, we also have to thank our donors for for what they do, because, you know, when you throw all of it together with campers and staff and volunteers and board members and everything there and donors, we're one collective unit that wants to do nothing else but make kids feel good and, and make parents know that there's time to be um, a parent and a child and have fun. Jeff, can you tell me a little bit about Camp One Step? Sure. You know, earlier I alluded to, you know, how we got started and what our mission was, right? And it's, you know, it's purely to, you know, bring kids to a point where they're not letting cancer define who they are, but being able to be the ability to be who they are, right? And not let cancer kind of interrupt that. Um, We started with one program 43 years ago, and now we have 11. And those 11 programs are divided into, you know, camper type programs. And then we also have family programs because we know that cancer diagnosis is a family journey. Everybody's making changes and sacrifices and and life for all members of the family, whether it be the parents, the the camper, the, the patient in this case, or siblings, family members outside of that. And that's why we have a family camp, a brain tumor family camp, and a sibling camp. And we're one of the few organizations in the country that has a dedicated sibling camp. 
and most organizations, which is all good too, it's just that they have them combined. We just know that SIBs need their time, right? They need to feel special. They need to know that, you know, they're, we care about them and we want them to have their time, you know, being, you know, a sibling of a cancer patient. Um, we have a summer camp, a winter camp, Chicago day camp, a dude ranch program, a Utah ski program, a Utah adventure program, a CBS program, and a DC advocation program. So, you know, we have the breadth, I think, is what makes us unique in that, is that those 11 programs are there. They're also there throughout the year. And we start in February and run right through December. But most importantly, it's not, you know, where some programs are one program you can go to and, and, and that's it for the year. Within Everything's within an age group. You can have, you can come multiple times. We want kids to come as much as they can. Um, and that's the most important thing here with us. My dad loved camp, I would argue, more than I did, which I think is impossible because I don't think someone in my family could love it more than I do. But I think for me, it was all the friendship, the activity, the the will to fight cancer. Like it gave me all of these things I no longer had. Some of them were just the ability to be a normal kid and checking some of those normal kid boxes. And some of it was like, it gave me the fuel I needed to actually do chemotherapy and not pass away. I can look back now and be like, well, of course I get why my dad loved it so much. It saved his little girl, right? Like it, it was the reason I stayed on earth. But like the best part to me when I look at our breadth of programs is, is like, I know how much my dad would have loved to have a home at Camp One Step Two, and I think he needed it, right? Like these parents go into these modes where they just have to be like, sacrifice everything, put the kids first, you're living, sleeping, eating, breathing in a hospital, um, your self-care goes out the window, right? We've heard from every medical professional on the podcast that we need our parents to take care of themselves too. And I think so much of that support can be found in our community when um, we have programs like our family programs or the instances when the families can gather around other pickups and drop-offs and things like that. There's something to knowing that this community isn't just for the patient or the survivor and that you really take care of the whole family, right? And like I said, try not to cry. But for me, it's really cool to see what you guys have done with this organization. And knowing my dad would have had a home here is really cool. It, it's just when you look at that, Colleen, and we know like you and I knowing each other and talking about that and how special you're journey was, but most importantly with your father and, and your family. And we, you know, we had your, your sister on, on a pot earlier podcast, but you know, when you look at this as a parent in general, you never want to see your child sick. You never want to see them unhappy or going through tough times. And with a cancer diagnosis, all of that comes into play, right? And when you think about it, parents can take some joy in camp even though they don't go to camp, they go into the family programs or, or whatever we have, but seeing their child be happy again, smile again, laugh again, there's a joy that you just can't describe when your child is happy and feeling good and forgetting about all the things they're doing. And that's what you know Camp One Step's all about. And that's why we call it a family, because that's the most important thing. We want to give joy back not only to the, the patient or camper, but to the parents and to the siblings because that family unit is not together 
at that time. Everybody's doing their own thing. Moms are staying at the hospital or dads are staying at the hospital. You know, the child's in and out of the hospital. The sibling has to figure out where they're going to go and or who's going to get them to practice or rehearsal or school or whatever it might be. And Camp One Step is all about bringing that all and reconnecting it. And any fractures that are out there because of cancer, not only do we bandage it up for a little bit, but we do our best to repair it. Can you tell me a little bit about who our programs serve? Sure. From a camper perspective, we serve campers anywhere from the ages of 5 to 19. And then we also have a special program called CBs that we serve campers uh, from 20 and above. But when it comes to the family programs, it's from birth to 19. But we also, in those programs, you can bring in another family member, whether it be a grandmother or grandfather or, or aunt or uncle, someone in the family unit. Um, but you know, that's what we're trying to do is make sure that the entire family is served. Jeff, can you tell me a little bit about our programs? Sure. Um, and we break our programs out into seasons. So which helps us is kind of plan the year out, right? So our first season is winter season, which we have a winter camp, which is about a week long program where actually we're doing outdoor activities and, you know, there's a ski component, but there's also, you know, a component of what are the things can we do outside? The next program is our Utah ski program where we go out to Park City, Utah and and really go out to do some really skiing and, and to some, you know, definite challenging hills and things like that. But we're very fortunate to work with a, uh, an organization that allows us to provide adaptive equipment and adaptive instruction. You know, we're kids that maybe never thought they can ski again or haven't skied, whether you're they're an amputee or whether they're in a wheelchair, they can still ski down a mountain. Um, the next program starts our spring season, which is our which is our struggle day camp. And, and that's a three-day program or two-and-a-half-day program for kids to get together at a younger age, five to 10. We do have a advocacy program, which goes out to Washington, D.C. We do that every other year. And kids enjoy that because they can advocate not only for themselves or their, uh, the group that they're with, but they can advocate for other uh, kids with cancer. We then have our brain tumor family camp, which takes place usually in May. Um, our next program is our sibling camp, which we just talked about. And that's about five days uh, where we do some great stuff and great activities. But again, just for siblings. Um, then ours, our flagship program, summer camp, takes place for two weeks. And not only do we have the kids that are 7 to 19, we ha- also have a program called CBs, which is for um, some kids that are 20 years and older, which is a great program. The next program in summer is our adventure program. You know, we go places you know, that are in Utah as well, or different places that we want to make sure that the kids get some adventure in them and some challenges. And then we start our fall season, which is our dude ranch program, which is actually on a dude ranch. And we learn how to, to horseback ride and take care of horses and, and just the camaraderie and all the things that you can do at a dude ranch. And we end up the year with our family programs. And, and that family camp is, uh, again, all about the families and, and what we can do to keep everything you know, together and make sure that unit is feeling special and what Camp One Step could do for them. That's awesome. There's so many, so many incredible things that we offer. And again, you know, you and I have chatted about today that it's really like that beauty of there's something for everyone in the family. And then additionally for the patient, there's something for whatever you might be interested in, right? The great thing about Camp One Step is unlike some summer camps, you see your friends once a year. With us, you get that community year round, which is really magical. Um, And we know how much our kids and our families need it, which is so cool. 
No, agreed. And I think that's one thing I also want to mention is not only do we have our in-person programming, which we just went through the 11 programs, is we have what we call connected programming. And, you know, during the pandemic, you know, we were, you know, looking at when the world shut down is that camp still has to happen. We just couldn't do it in person. So we created a digital format that allowed us to serve our community differently. And it was so special and well-received. And we also learned that there are kids that need, are going to be unfortunately relapsing, or they may have treatment during camp. And, you know, at that time it was like, we'll see at the next program. Well, now we're able to deliver programming where we've had kids attend from the hospital or kids that were you know, moved to a different state that can still come to camp. We serve kids from Ecuador or the UK or California or Seattle because camp is everywhere. And we, we want to make sure that it's not just defined in one location because camp all resides within us. So how do we bring that to you? So that this year, even though you know, we're going in person, we have a special format and then we have somebody leading an effort that's going to take connected programming to wherever it needs to be so we can serve more campers. Can you tell me a little bit about what we do that makes our camps unique from other, you know, a a typical sleepaway summer camp you might see um, or, you know, any other camping program? Sure. No, I think obviously one of the key components of, you know, our organization or other organizations that serve children with cancer or families with cancer affected by cancer is that it's the, it's the medical piece of it, right? And, and the safety of it, because, you know, mom and dad, no matter what, are just like, I got to be, make sure I'm 24 seven on my child. And, you know, I have my, my regular uh, medical team that I deal with to get them through this and treatment. How am I going to send them away somewhere overnight? And our, our job is to ensure that it's seamless, right? From a, from a medical process and a safety perspective. And, you know, we have, we have an incredible medical director and wonderful medical volunteers that work with our families when a child's going to come to camp, not only from, you know, what's going on and, and understanding, but what the medication is. Um, 66 to 70% of our kids, when they come to a program, are on some type of medication, whether it be, you know, it's maintenance um, it's oral chemotherapy, or there's certain things. They have dietary restrictions. They have different needs that they do. They, you know, there's a lot of different components that we have to monitor. And the most important thing is for you know people listening to us here, is that you know our team does an amazing job of working with our our campers and working with our families. And I think that's the number one piece that I look at that says, know that your child regardless of where they're at, is going to have someone advocating for them and caring for them at camp and to ensure we can do that. And, you know, we've had some kids that have been through a lot that have still made it to camp. And and that's a credit to our medical community. One of my favorite things is watching our medical team review upcoming programs, activities, um, all the fun adventures our kids are going to go on and making sure whatever as an organization we decide to do activity wise that every child can do it and there's always an adaptive component i think it's something so amazing about the dna of our organization yeah no it's a, it's an excellent point it's about you know when you look at the dna of what who we are it is about you know adaptability inclusion equalization those type of things because you know as we've all talked about uh, once you once you're diagnosed with cancer or receive that diagnosis, 
you know, things are different immediately and, and kids feel different and that's not okay. Right. But that's just, you know, how the nature of what this is because of whatever their treatment is or what's happening within their, um, that journey. Right. And our job at camp is to not do that. Our job at camp is to ensure that that child feels included and feels that they are equalized with everybody else. And we don't have to try too hard because once they get to camp and see other kids that are going through what they've been going through or have gone through what they're going through, um, they relax and they feel themselves again. And I can't tell you how many times a parent has told us, our organization, that, you know, thank you for giving us our child back. This is the first time I've been able to hear my child laugh again. And it's all about feeling good and feeling, you know, about who they are and not thinking that it's about chemotherapy and hospitals and doctor visits. And that's all I am and being different at school and people not understanding me. You know, and that, and that's why this podcast is no one understands is because when you get that diagnosis and you're in the environment of just real life, a lot of people don't understand, right? You know, the family's trying to understand it. And, and here we are trying to do that on a podcast. But, um, you know, fortunately at camp, people do understand. And I think that's the most important thing to get across here is that it's about, you know, feeling about who you are. And, and feeling understood and feeling together and, and knowing that you have a connection. I love what you said. Obviously, I got to work on what we named this podcast with you. Um, and the number one thing that I can't shake that like I constantly feel in my core when I think about when I was diagnosed is that I was alone in a community, right? Like you're going to go to a high school, 4,000 kids, 3,999 of them have no idea what you're going through, right? Mm -hmm. And you're one in a million and no one can relate to any ounce of what you're experiencing. And you feel isolated, you feel different, you feel unrelatable. Um, And I think we can all agree that those aren't fun emotions for a kid. (laughs) So you stop and you bottle it and you have to find this place where you feel understood, right? And you get dropped at camp and getting your port accessed as normal, knowing to, you know, suck on candy before your port get flushed as normal. And you can compare scars and talk about when you were bald, or you can talk about none of it and just go jump in the lake. It's Mm -hmm on your terms, which I think is so magical and beautiful in what makes it great. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I couldn't have said any better. You know, that is exactly what it's all about. Right. And, you know, the importance for us is to continue to give that freedom and, and that comfort. And as we talked about, that's safe environment and to ensure that we can continue to deliver that. So, you know, kids and families can do that, right? That they don't have to, you know, try to navigate because they're navigating life enough outside of camp. We want camp to be there for them that they can just be free to do what they want to do. You know, we have to also, when we talk about mission, we talk about how we got started. It's, you know, we have to give credit to the vision that was created from the very beginning, right? You know, when Dr. Baum decided that, we're going to do this and decided to do it. You know, it's our obligation to, to him, to his family, to all the volunteers that started it at that time 
to ensure that as we continue to move forward, you know, to now or and to the future, that we never lose sight of that core value of the camper and the family and why we're here. Is there anything else about our programs you want to share with everyone listening or to those who might be considering going to Camp One Step for the first time? Yeah, no, I think that there's you know, one thing to make sure I get across is that all of our programs are free, whether it's the connected programming or all of our in-person programming. There's enough going on in the family situation when there's a cancer diagnosis. The last thing you should be worried about is is paying for a program that your child should go to. Our goal is to make it as easy as possible for kids to go to camp. And I think that's one thing that we will always um, keep first and foremost, right? And, and and the other thing is, is that if you're uncertain and, and not sure if you should go to camp or not, or can go to camp, call us, email us, check out our website. We can put you in touch with people that can help talk about being there. Our, our goal is to make sure that you know no one feels that they can't go to camp, or if there's uncertainty, let's talk about it. But um, we want everybody to feel the special and unique nature of camp. You know, we serve over 19,000 kids over the, you know, our time and, uh, you know, over a thousand last year. And you look at these things, it's so many stories that we, you know, we'd love to tell, right. And, and tell all of them because they're all special. But one thing's for certain is if you can go to camp, you need to go to camp. Okay. Um, Jeff, can you tell me about the first time that you visited our summer camp? I absolutely can. Um, you know, going the first time to camp was, um, I didn't know what to expect, uh, but once I got there, and you know, once you just start walking on campus, you know, whichever campus it was for whatever program, you can just feel it, right? You can just feel the joy and the energy, and 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 just see kids doing whatever they wanted to do as kids, right? There's obviously there's structures, not kids running around just doing anything, right? But the most important thing is that you hear the, the laughter and, and the joy, you just feel it. And for me, not only to see the kids being able to do what, they, the, the, what they're doing, but to see the organization of the, of the programmatic piece of it, the, you know, the volunteers and the leadership and all of that connecting in that one area. For me, it was heartwarming. It was overwhelming uh, in a good way, but it was something that says, boy, I'm in the right place for sure. And it, it gives you that, that feeling to say, you know, we can't let any of these kids down um, or families. And, and our job is to do what we have to do to continue to make this as special as it is. And, and, and that never left me. Um, and so that memory was when I first went to camp, but it's the same feeling I have every time I go to camp, even now, right? So, um, you know, it's just, a, it's a great feeling and it's something that you try to describe the best you can in words, but sometimes it's indescribable. That's so true. And I love that you talked about, um, you get the same feeling every time you go to camp. It's the most true statement in the world. It is like, there's something magical and electric in the air, like hearing, you know, the kids singing songs or jumping in the light, like all those sounds you associate with a summer camp, but then you see and feel the joy from our community and our kids. And every single time you see our programs, wherever they take place, it's just as magical every single time. Jeff, can you tell me a little bit about one of your favorite memories from camp? Yeah, I think there's so many right over the years, but um, 
you know, one of the memories that I have is it's kind of exemplifies everything that's going on with a child, right? When they're diagnosed and the differences and how, you know, life changes, right? And they're going through change. And, you know, one, um, this is just one camper moment, but there's many that are in a similar situation, right? Um, we all know some of the, uh, you know, the effects of chemotherapy with hair loss and, 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 and we had a, I think she was probably nine or 10. Um, you know, she was wearing a wig. Mom said that she wears a wig no matter where she goes. And, and she's very uncomfortable about hair loss and, you know, gets to camp and I was just getting there and, you know, she was at the waterfront and at where we have through the swimming and um, takes her wig off, hands it to a volunteer, jumps in the lake and never put it on again. Right. And, but that's not about, oh, wow. It's, it's about the comfort, right? It's like the inclusion and, and feeling that they belong. Right. And everybody's, everybody's equal. So, you know, there's hundreds of stories I can tell you and, and give you that. But, you know, when you look at that and you talk about, you know, going back and, and, and talking to parents and saying that their child now is different in a good way because they feel that they're not different. They feel, you know, our whole job at camp is I can versus I can't. And that I can um, has to start with I can be who I want to be and who I am. I think a lot of our families, when they hear about camp, and I've said this to you many times today, um, the first time you hear about Camp One Step, it's kind of like, well, yeah, that sounds great, but my kid could never go, right? My kid, uh, you know, I do all of these things all day long to keep my kid medically safe. How could someone else take care of my kid? What would you tell um, a parent that's thinking about sending their kid to a Camp One Step program for the first time? I can tell a parent that, you know, for me to sit here and say, oh, just send your child to camp. Of course, I'm going to say that. But I do it with trust in our medical team, our medical director. Um, and, and remember that our, our medical volunteers are from a lot of institutions that maybe your child is going to, right? Um, because it's it's that level of care that we know it has to transfer from where they're not at camp and at home to where they're at camp, most importantly, is talk to us, right? Um, don't think it's not possible. And um, don't think that maybe your child is going through th some things that we're not going to be able to take care of them at camp, right? The important thing is to reach out, um, shoot us an email, send us a text, whatever it might be. Um, we want your child to go to camp, but we want you to feel comfortable. Can you tell me a little bit about what's next for Camp One Step? I think when you look at what's next for Camp One Step is, you know, how we continue to evolve and how do we continue to do things that our community needs. And, you know, as we talked about, you know, learning about we need to have digital programs continue. Um, we're going to listen more to our community. We formed a parent council, a camper council. Um, we're looking at different things from working groups and just to get a better understanding of what, because needs change, right? Um, never lose sight of the mission and what our core value is, but definitely understand what the needs of our community are. And I think that's the other thing too for our families that are listening to this is that one in five of our volunteers are former campers. Um, so again, continue to listen to them, our medical community, our donors, our volunteers, and doing more collectively to do better. And I think that's where camp is going. And, and 
um, you know, there's a ton of thank yous I can give here. And that's one to you for um, doing this, taking on this initiative, but most importantly for uh, being that person we always look to from from a camper perspective and a counselor perspective, but just I'm just you know grateful to have you in my life and, and be able to do this together. Um, but I also want to thank all of our staff, our board, our volunteers, our donors, um, our entire community of campers and families, because that's where it starts. Um, because the collective family that we have built uh, and will continue to build is is you know we always say one fight one family and it's really about we're here to take the i can't out of what people's lives are what they feel they cannot do and let's get at what we can do and but we do that as one family and one community and that's the special part and for me another thank you is to you know my immediate family and my my extended family my cousins but also my friends that have also taken part of this and become part of camp so um, you know, a lot of great stuff that, that we do as an organization, and I'm just, um, very, very fortunate to be a part of it. Well, thank you, Jeff. We're very, 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 very fortunate to have you, um, you know, be the president of this organization. I know how much you and your entire family give to, you know, helping camp be possible and keeping the mission, you know so present and true and ready to meet families wherever they need us. It's just the most beautiful thing in the world. And again, I know I said this earlier, but I'm very, as a former camper, it's really cool to watch you lead this organization because there's nothing that brings me more joy than knowing this place will be here for whatever kid and family need us over the years. Right. It's awesome. Absolutely. When you, when you speak to that community, it's just like, I just want everyone to know there's, there's room for everyone, right? Like our community can only get bigger and stronger and become just the best family in the world. And if that means you're joining us digitally from, you know, the UK, or if you're, you know, joining us in Utah for a program or whatever it might be, like it's the best place on earth and everyone should join us. Use that term. And that's, um, you know, one of our campers said that on one of our videos, right? They asked her, what do you think of camp? And she paused for a second and she goes, it's the best place on earth, right? It's so and true. It, and and but we hear that from a lot of people right but you know again as i close i think the important thing is for you know families that haven't been part of camp to you know check us out follow us on social right follow us anywhere you can and you know just go to add camp one step and and check things out and you know you do a great job by getting the message out there and and but making camp come to life and i think for everybody else that's that that, that can see it, right? One of the things that when you talk about what's so special about the organization is we are we do our best to make sure you can live camp even if you're not there. But we want you to be there in some way, shape, or form. So whether it's a camper or a volunteer, a donor, a board member, join us and be a part of Camp One Step. Thank you, Jeff. This was incredible. I'm so excited to have you on this episode and uh, you know you're kicking off our two parts of you know camp for our podcast it's so exciting thank you for all of your time and um, we're just so grateful for everything that you do for this organization 
No, thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. And thanks to everyone out there. This podcast was brought to you by Camp One Step. You can learn more about Camp One Step by following us on social media at Camp One Step or by visiting our website, camponestep.org.